Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimony of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up June 28th through the 30th in Texas in the Hill Country, north of San Antonio. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. I'm Jonathan, and I'm I'm so glad that you've decided to join us today. You know, I wanted to bring you just a little bit of a, a special bonus episode here. Um, it's a short little um, piece of a talk that I gave in Atlanta uh, last year, and it's got four key points of what are some things that I've learned along the way in my you know 19, 20 plus years of of recovery and growth and and uh, I hope that it can be helpful for you because I think sometimes we just need ways to package what these principles look like. Um, how do we how do we package this process that is meant to be lifelong, and what does that look like? And so, uh, these are four key elements that I've seen over the years that are just essential for us to grow in integrity and learn what it means to really live out the design for which God has made us. Um, so I hope that this will bless you. We'd always love to hear back from you. If you've got some feedback or you've got questions or you just need some help in your own journey, maybe for trying to unpack some of these principles or just how do you maybe better apply them to your lives, uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to to talk with you. You can reach us at puresexradio.com or you can always hit us up on Twitter at puresexradio. Uh, I hope this blesses you. Enjoy. I want to share with you kind of what's happened over the last 19 years to help you understand some of the things that there's four key things that I've learned along this path that I want to deliver to you as I kind of share what this recovery and growth and healing process look like. And the first is this reality that hope is real. Hope is real. But it's not just an idea. Hope is real because it comes through a person. Jesus Christ. See, when my wife left, I walked back into my house alone, sat down on my couch, and for the first time in 13 years had a clear thought. I realized this is the day I have to make a decision. I don't know if you ever had one of those moments before where it's like, there's no more waiting, no more putting things off. This is the day that the decision has to be made. 
And it was either keep doing what I was doing, and I know that I would have been in prison or dead within the next year, because there'd already been a couple times that I'd sat on the end of my bed with a loaded gun in my hand, thinking of one good reason not to pull the trigger. Or I could return to the God who saved me when I was a six-year-old boy. And when I remembered, I can't get into the whole story right now, but when I remembered just how God saved me as a six-year-old boy, and I just, I, it, I broke down, I hit the floor, and spent the rest of that afternoon sobbing, soaking my carpet with my tears, a true brokenness came over me. And the way that hope was restored in my life was not because a flood of verses came into my mind. It wasn't because I, you know, had all, I, I, I picked up a book and had some kind of knowledge. No, the reason that hope entered my life and hope re-entered my life in that moment was because I felt the presence of Jesus Christ on the floor with me. Now, what's funny is I grew up in a tradition that wasn't prone to experiences with God. <laughs> I love that God doesn't you know, he's not contained by our traditions. Because <laughs> I felt an arm around my shoulder. And I hear as clear as I'm speaking to you right now, the Lord Jesus speaking into my heart, two little words, I know, I know, I know. See, God did not bring in that moment a Bible study. Those are important. God did not bring a lesson in that moment. God did not bring uh, discipline or punishment or correction that he brought hope. He brought comfort. And see, I think that's something that we need to understand about the God who designed us the way he designed us is we are all broken in some way. And so many times I think we try to get the lesson before we meet the, the one who gives the hope before we actually have an encounter with God in a way that brings the hope. Because I believe that hope is real and the reality of it comes through a person, Jesus Christ. And I think that's also what we must deliver to other people. When we try to pound people with the Bible first, or we try to make it about a lesson first, before we have a relationship that connects them to the one who brings hope, then I think we're kind of getting the cart before the horse in many ways. Because see, I realized that hope is real and found in the person Jesus. But then I also learned as I got up off my floor and began to take some steps into recovery and, and counseling and the support group, I, I realized that healing is possible. Healing is possible, but it didn't come in the way that I thought it would have come before. See, I realized that healing is possible, but it comes through other people, through community. It wasn't as if my whole years of building this life of addiction that I was happy, that I was going, I'm just loving what I'm doing. No, I was conflicted. This, this was agony in my soul. I didn't like the dividedness in me. But it seemed like forever, however many thousands of times I prayed to God privately in my closet, God, heal me, take this away, you know, stop it. Give me something, you know, just do a miracle. Over the years, because nothing changed, I began to make some terrible assumptions about God. One of them was, maybe he's not even real. One of them was, maybe he isn't powerful enough. He can't actually do anything about my situation. The, the worst assumption I came to is, maybe he doesn't care. But here's the thing I discovered. God had actually been whispering to my soul that whole time. By the way, he still likes to come to us, I think, intimately through a whisper, and we have so much noise in our lives, and I had so much noise, and I'd been spending, so much of my petitions were just my voice to him that I never got quiet enough to hear the whisper. 
And what he's whispering to me is, I absolutely want to heal you, but I won't do that when you're by yourself. He was saying, you're gonna have to step into environments where you are known. Like, yes, the real you is known. And guess what happened? When I got into some counseling and stepped into a group, I remember the first time I stepped into a group and had to share my story and I was petrified. And the kind of grace that was given to me in that moment, it's as if the whole floodgates of heaven were opened. And in those types of contexts, it was like the power of God was unleashed to transform my life. Healing is possible, but it's not gonna happen in isolation and disconnection. So that's another thing that we need in our own lives, but we also need to communicate that to others, is are we creating safe enough environments for for people to unpack their stories? The real story. Now one of the aspects of healing that was very cool to me is that after nine months of being separated, my wife and I were reconciled. And that was truly just a miraculous, tender mercy from God. And so my wife is actually here with me this weekend and uh, grateful for how she has navigated this road of healing because, you know, she bore an extra kind of burden to rejoin in this relationship because, hey, it's one thing for me to get on a path of recovery and get moving forward. It's another thing for those who felt the betrayal to then have healing as well. And she found that healing also in the context of community with others. The third thing that I learned along this process is that holiness is essential. Now, this is the one that we usually don't like to talk about because guess what? We got to talk about sin, right? And we got to talk about holiness. But here's what I want you to understand. There's actually a progression to what I'm sharing with you today. This recognition and embracing of holiness didn't come come until after there was hope and healing already in process. I think sometimes we try to get, this is the part of the cart that we get before the horse, is we want to say, holiness, 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 right? And it's like, I have no hope in my life. I don't even have an encounter with Jesus. I don't even know this idea of this relational piece here. I think it takes relationship to build the foundation to then which we can get to the idea of, okay, help me to understand holiness. Because see, the purity narrative, I think, highlights this one so much that we lose the relational components of living by God's design for sexuality. But here's the thing I also discovered about the idea of holiness. I think another way that the purity narrative confuses us is it causes us to think that that purity and that holiness is something that comes from within us. We even get confused when we look at the Bible because in the Old and the New Testament, God gives us this command to his people, be holy as I am holy. And you go, whoa, didn't he just ask me to do something I can't do? And the answer is actually, yes, he did. There's not a single one of us in here that can quote unquote be holy in the sense of like that's something that comes from within us that we can create. The only thing we know how to do well is break faith with God. We know how to to sin well. So what I began to discover about this idea of holiness, and this is why the word of God is so important, is that it means that I'm to reflect the one who is holy. And I think what ends up happening is we spend our lives basically uh, living as a mirror that has mud caked all over it. And that's how we come to God. And when he, when he brings us into the family, he says, listen, what this process of sanctification, that, that big church word, this basically is the process of living out what we were actually designed to be, is I think this process of God along with the community of others cleaning that mirror off. 
So the day by day, a little more mud is released, we're a little more honest with ourselves, we're a little more connected to the word so that actually it's not something that comes from within us in terms of holiness delivered, but it's actually us beginning to reflect the very character and design that God has made us for. And then finally, the last thing that I learned that was really uh, exciting but also scary was that helping others is the reward. See, I was, ex- I was loving all the things that I was receiving in my life. I mean, I got my wife back. I was starting to discover what did it mean to live without all these other you know, outlets of acting out in impure ways, and I was finally finding peace and joy in that. But then in 2002, God started whispering to me in my quiet times, asking me this question. Jonathan, do you want unbelievable joy? Well, who's ever gonna say, no thanks, God, I'm good. But every single time that I would in my spirit say, absolutely, I want unbelievable joy, he would come back with, tell your story. I'd immediately think we got disconnected or somebody else got on the line because I couldn't see the connection. What do you mean joy and my story? I'm like, God, my story is full of all kinds of shame and brokenness and sin. And eventually I discovered that God was not saying, tell your story as if it's all about you. He's saying, tell your story because it's going to highlight me. It's going to highlight my grace. It's going to highlight my goodness. And here's the thing that's really cool about helping others. When we, be, when we understand that God has designed us to be conduits and not reservoirs, then I think we begin to experience joy. We're not meant to hoard grace. We're not to, meant to be reservoirs of grace, of saying, isn't this wonderful? Look at my life because all these good things are happening to me now. Uh-uh. We're meant to be pass-throughs. Like, hey, as God gives grace to us, what are we doing to extend that to others? As we experience hope, What are we doing to invite others into that space without shame and without the sense of of, of domineering, you know, rules-based legalism, but instead saying, what does it look like to actually help others? And I would say the easiest way to engage this one, I say easy, maybe I should say simplest, because it's not always easy. The simplest way is you have a story. You have a story of some, of, in some way that connects to this issue of God's design for sexuality. So the question then becomes, who is God nudging you to tell your story to? I hope that that even plants a seed here today that as you go throughout this day, you will be thinking, God will be bringing people to mind, somebody somewhere that needs to hear your story. Now, it doesn't have to be in a context like this or in the way that Julie and I are are unpacking things, but I think everybody has a story that can benefit somebody else on this journey because hope is real, healing is possible, holiness is essential, and helping others is the reward. Thank you so much for letting me share with you this morning. Well, listeners, I hope that that was a blessing to you. I hope you're able to see how you might be able to integrate those four elements into your life of hope and healing and holiness and then helping others. Um, We want to see everyone that we minister to really getting on that path. And so if you need help in that area, um, please reach out to us. If If you feel yourself stuck in any one of those parts of the process, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like you're stuck in the healing process, if you feel like 
Uh, you, you simply can't engage in the holiness to which you've been called to by God because uh, you've, you're, you're missing out on relationship or you just feel like you don't know where to start in helping others. Uh, we'd love to come alongside you and help you in that. So please reach out to us at puresexradio.com or on Twitter at puresexradio. And of course, we're always glad that you're listening with us here and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.